Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United. I'm your host Matthew and today it was Manchester United 2, Liverpool 1, the shock result, shock result indeed. Um, I just, yeah, I don't really have the words right now, although I'm going to come up with some because I have to do that because it's a podcast. Um... Yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, lots of talking points. I will be doing play ratings today. There's some players that won't get as high scores, but some players that certainly will be getting high scores, and I do have a man of the match for today. Um, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, there's two very key notable points about this game. Uh, one to do with specifically Liverpool and one to do with our centre-backs. I don't think Liverpool were at the races today I don't think that's why we won this game I think because we defended much better we did more passing and move there was a bit more confidence a bit more energy about the team and you you look at like the Brentford 4-0 highlights and you probably look at this game it's like it's like you're watching a different team it's like you're watching a completely different team it was uh it, it was really really nice to watch this game really really nice to watch I actually think in a greedy sort of sense I think we could have scored more goals um, I thought we almost started getting a bit wasteful towards the end and almost let, let Liverpool back in. It was a bit of a scary last 10 minutes. But, um, I mean, look, this isn't the team like fully clicked into gear and all that type of stuff, but it was certainly much better. Certainly much, much better. Um, I think certain player selections, team selections, um, changed this game massively, certainly. Um, I think Liverpool needs some investment. As well, I don't always talk about the opposition because I'm not always interested in doing that. But yeah, I don't think their Liverpool team's quite up to scratch as to what they were. Um, losing players like Mane, I don't think helped. Um, I think Diaz is a great player. I think I, I still think they've got a great team. I do think that they're weaker than last season. They they are winless in three games. They've drawn two and lost one. We do have more points than them now. Um, how long that will last remains to be seen. Um. Very, very big. The most notable difference, the most notable point from this game is our centre-backs. M- Martinez and Varane was just sensational. I, I really, really enjoyed watching the two of them. And look, apparently Eric Bailey's going. I'll I'll, I'll save my frustrations about that for for another day. I'm not I'm not going to start... I'm not going to spend five minutes moaning about Bailey when Bailey had nothing to do with this game. But it's a massive mistake, and apparently we're selling Garner as well. But I'm I'm gonna leave those negative parts for another day. Plus, those are tra- that's transfer news and everything else. Uh, on the positive side of transfer news, though, we do have Casemiro coming into the team, which is a very very good thing. The exact player that we needed. And you look at this team today, and you think, okay, De Gea, I still think he's good enough. Yes, he made some mistakes last week, but. Much, much better today, certainly. Um, back to his sort of best self. I know we let a goal in, but we'll talk about that later. Varane and Martinez. Um, the, main, the main issue you're going to have there is not to do with quality, but to do with keeping Varane fit. Um, which, again, is where you could have put Eric Bailey in. But um, Maguire, Maguire being dropped. I, I cannot, I cannot emphasise this point enough that I'm about to make. Dropping Maguire and putting Varane and Martinez as a centre-back made the difference today. The amount of times they cleared headers, they won the ball, they played well together as a pair. Because there were parts in the game where one of them slipped away from the ball, the other one recovered. And they sort of took turns almost doing that. And then 
They got they they blocked loads of shots. They cleared the headers. Um, it's what you want your centre backs to be doing. And the key there's two key components there. One is literally taking Maguire out, a wildly out of form Maguire out, not dropped per se, dropped to the bench. Um, dropped from the team to me means taken out of the team completely. Um, so not on the bench, but of course Maguire didn't come on. It it it's amazing how much difference something as simple as that makes. Um, and that can happen with teams. You can have like a couple of problem players. You take them out. You put in better players simply, and it can make all the difference. It doesn't work all the time. There's certain elements of like you know building a centre back partnership, building partnerships throughout the team, and and that sort of thing. And there's certainly a partnership to be had there with Varane and Martinez. And as much as I'm going to miss Eric Bailey, um, please give me more of this Varane Martinez thing because when we get to Saturday and we play Southampton we cannot put Maguire back in this team we, we, it, we just can't do it you just can't do it and the major difference also from that today tactically is Maguire whether he's with regardless of whoever he's playing next to whether it's Martinez, Varane, Lindelof, Mengi, Twanzebi, Bailey whoever it is if you've got Maguire as a centre back in a four, in in a back four, because England play a back five and they sort of protect Maguire a bit more. When you're playing a back four and you've got Maguire as your centre back, you cannot play a high line. You cannot do it. He does not have the pace to do it. And look, Martinez and Varane aren't the quickest players in the world. There's other players that are quicker than them, but they're certainly quick enough to play a high line. And you noticed in the first, like, m- m- more so in the first half. Again, I do think we sort of went to sleep a bit in the second half, unfortunately. That's something to work on. Again, I'm not saying this is like the per- perfect finished article, but I'm saying things went a lot better today. Liverpool also fell off a little bit, and that's why we won this game. We also won this game because we actually played good football, which is, I tell you what, the, the weirdness of doing a podcast going from 4 0 loss to Brighton to a 2 1 win against Liverpool. Is very weird for me, <laughs> but but weird in the best possible way. Um, I haven't been this happy and look this much looking forward to talking about a game as I as I have today. Obviously, I I hate Liverpool as well because there are big rivals and I loved it. There's two things I love to see in football, which is Man United winning and Liverpool losing, and it happened in the same game. So I'm very very happy with tonight. Very very happy. Does this mean we're going to go on and win something? Who knows? Who knows what might happen? But it's just because a game like this, right? You look at a game like this and you say Ten Hag got this right. He dropped Maguire. Granted, you still played McTominay, and we'll talk about McTominay in a bit. But he has to have done something different in training. There's, there's no way you don't train well going from that drub of a four-nil loss where the team just was broken and completely disconnected to this. Like, there's no way that Ten Hag didn't do something here. But still, team select, like tactics and team selection have to go together, right? And again, I cannot emphasize this point enough. When you, right, don't play a high... When you play a, I'll say, lower line, and you put Maguire in the team, and you get teams that press the hell out of you, you end up with what Brentford do, which is where you nervously pass it around at the back, you have a player who's really slow at centre-back, um, and I don't mean to pick on Maguire, I don't, I don't like picking on any players, I'm just saying w- within the difference today, tactically and player selection, it was a stark, stark difference be- between the between the two games. Because simply put, 
when you play a higher line and you don't allow teams to pressure as much and you also kick the ball long, you don't pass it short every single time, play out from the back every single time, and you play a higher line so your team is pushed up and you have the quicker centre-backs that can run back and have pace, don't forget it's the Premier League, it's the fastest league in the world, it it just makes all the difference. And you saw it so much today. Like Liverpool pressed us now and again. But they weren't able to press us as much because we had the higher line. And when we did get caught out on the odd occasion. We had the centre-backs with the pace to be able to recover from it. Also, when when the ball went out, the, out to the wide. And Liverpool tried to cross the ball in. They were heading it away almost on every occasion. Um... It's that that I I think solely that of course we played well in the attack and we put some good moves together and we scored of course. I think that's why we didn't let in more goals today and it's simply it it's so funny you change like because that's basically changing two things right because Varane is basically a first team player you take Maguire out you put Martinez in with Varane and you play a high line. It sounds really simple doesn't it but you you look at the just the difference of today and Brentford it's. It, it's a completely game-changing difference. And I'm not saying it's going to work every game. I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to win every game that we do that in. Of course, I don't expect to win. Well, I do kind of expect to win every single game. But realistically, we're not going to win every single game. But when you make those changes... Because um, I don't think Liverpool really anticipated that either. They didn't really seem to have as much of a plan. Again, I think Liverpool's squad is weaker. Losing the likes of Mane, um, having, you know, I don't really know who Harvey Elliott is. Milner, I think, is completely bang average. Um, I'm going to say this, right? I think McTominay is a very bad footballer. I thought McTominay was better today. I think Milner's almost as bad as McTominay. I think Milner's a better player than McTominay, but not by much, not by much. And um, some Liverpool fans, if you're listening, I don't know why you would be listening to this, but maybe you just fancy listening to it. You probably laugh at that, but I saw some stuff from Milner that I'd seen from him in the past. And I used to like Milner. I used to think he was a good player when he was at like Man City and everything. Um, probably getting on a bit now, maybe. I, I, I don't know, I don't know. So anyway, um, but yeah, I looked at this lineup and I thought, oh, McTominay and Eriksen bit weak defensively I did look straight away at Varane and Martinez and I thought oh interesting difference that's probably going to work no Luke Shaw as well I thought Luke Shaw had a really bad game last game I remember saying you know what was it Sunday last week Sunday Monday last week no not Monday Saturday or Sunday last weekend when we played Brentford and I'd said in that game that I'd noticed something in Luke Shaw that made me have bigger question marks on him Malasia I thought was brilliant today and which is interesting because he's a new kind of young fresh player he had Salah to mark Mohamed Salah one of the Premier League's leading goal scorers in previous seasons Salah's a great player fantastic player but Malasia did really really well against him today Delo there's still some question marks there um but no in the attack uh so just to just to kind of switch from defense talk to the attack um a lot more pass and move a lot 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 more pass and move today Granted, there were still certain occasions where we looked like we had half of a plan and got a bit confused. Again, I'm not saying finished article. I'm just saying much better than before. Um, It just makes... Again, football is a game about time, space, support runs, pass and move. Fundamentally, that's what football is, really. Is you pass... When you're attacking, you pass the ball into space, into players that are in space... Supportive runs, attacking runs, runs off the ball, pass and move. I cannot emphasise how important that is. 
And seeing us do it today and actually being like, oh, you're passing it. And it's, it's something I should expect Manchester United to be doing because we're Manchester United. But we've not been really doing it in the last portion of time, let's say that. Um, but I don't know what really made this change. Like, did did Ten Hag do something different in training? Did he shout at them a lot? I, I don't really know. Um... But there were... Now, I'm not going to say we've, we played as good as what I've seen his Ajax teams playing. Because that's like on a different level of pass and move and just quick, you know, click, click, click sort of football. There were glimpses of that today. Small glimpses of it. And when I saw it, I was genuinely really impressed. But then there were times when the play broke down and stuff like that. Which, again, you are not. You can't expect Ten Hag to just come in, flip a switch and just be like, Okay, this team's playing exactly the same way that my Ajax team played. Um, you can't expect that, but when you see glimpses of it, like I did today, again, glimpses, I'm not saying big portions of the game, but glimpses of it, I, I saw that today, um, I mean, the goals that we scored, um, were from pass and move, and kind of when the second goal catching Liverpool out, but that, f- that first goal is made because of pass and move, if we had played the static football that we'd normally played, we don't score that first goal, we don't score that first goal, there's a couple of runs that we'll talk about in a minute, um, that were made in that goal. That if those runs do not happen, the ball does not go where it ends up, and we do not score that goal. Um, second one's a bit more catching Liverpool out on the break, but that's kind of seemed like the plan with Rashford. Again, uh, we'll talk about Rashford and some players and stuff in a minute. But much, much happier. It's so good to beat Liverpool. It, it, that, that's be, beating, like winning a game of football is great. Um, but beating Liverpool for me is just a cherry on top of the cake. Um, or is it called icing on the cake? You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Uh, icing on the cake, cherry on top of the cake, that sort of thing. So, I mean, I don't really like cherries, but anyway, never mind. <laughs> uh, I'm just happy. I'm just happy. So, um, again, we could lose at the weekend against against Southampton. I don't expect us to. And and this uh, this might be me getting ahead of myself, but if you simply look at this team, so De Gea, Delo, Varane, Martinez, Malicia, Eriksen, McTominay... Um, Sancho, Bruno, Alanga, um, I must have Rafinha, don't know why I almost said Rafinha, Rashford. Simply, if you keep those back two of Varane and Martinez, because I know Bailey, my, my, my dream of Eric Bailey playing regularly is basically gone, which is sad, but I'll talk about that another time. If you simply swap out, this isn't me picking on McTominay, I'm just looking at the team. If you simply swap out McTominay and put Casemiro in, who should be playing Saturday, You've you've got you you you're you're you've you've turned the oven on, you know. This this game was I feel us prepping the food and putting it in the oven. Um, if you put right, if you take McTominay out, so forget the front line for a minute. If you take McTominay out of this game, you put Casemiro in, which would allow Eriksson, the the two other two midfielders. So Eric, in this case, Eriksson and Bruno, more room to breathe, more room to just you know play free flowing football. If you do that, and if we beat Southampton by doing that, and again, not putting Maguire back in the team, don't put Shaw back in the team, play the exact same back six. So, well, not the exact same, but Delo, Varane, Martinez, Malasia, Eriksen, Casemiro. If we play though that selection of players, again, I don't know who you're playing up front or whatever. If we play those same six players, and they play as well as they did, and you've got the addition of a Champions League, the Liga winning, decorated footballer in Casemiro... Who is a CDM, and we've needed a CDM since before even Matic left. We've needed a CDM for a long, 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 long time. If you do that, and if we beat Southampton, and then hopefully sign some attackers, 
we might we might be able to do something this season. Um, again, you're going to run into trouble because McTominay and Maguire and Fred and Lindelof will play games this season. It will be frustrating when they do. They will be back in the team at some point. But you, you can't be starting those players. You ju- you can't be starting those players. It has to be either like Eriksen or Donny next to Casemiro. And then it has to be Varane and Martinez. It has to be. Because tactically, if you put Maguire back in that team, you're playing a low line again and it just changes things completely so uh thrilling to beat liverpool really really nice um because i'm sure most liverpool most people that have been paying attention to football would probably looking be looking at this game and thinking oh 2-1 brighton 4-0 brentford okay liverpool not off to the best start but this will be another 5-4-0 drubbing from liverpool um that's what i was expecting uh because why would i not expect that to happen you know um, but I don't think Liverpool were the races. I think tactically we got things better. More pass and move, which I'll mention with this first goal once I get into the summary. And it's, uh, again, still think we've still got to stick by, like, Glazers out. You know, all that type of stuff. And there was protests today and everything like that. Glazers have still absolutely got to go. Just because we beat in Liverpool and we signed Casemiro does not mean the Glazers should stay. They should absolutely go. They are a, what's the right word to use? I want to make, make sure I use the right word. They are a big problem. I can't think of a specific insulting word that is a decent thing for me to say. There's there's, a, there's words that I could use to describe the Glazers, but none of them are particularly nice, and I don't need to use them. Um, you can all think in your heads of words to call the Glazers. You can call them all sorts of different things. But I'm recording a podcast that's going out on a public platform, and I don't need to use really, really bad words to insult them. I can just say that they're a big, 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 big problem. Um, and we need the Glazers out just because we beat Liverpool. We're all happy tonight. Let's all be happy tonight. No reason we can't. I'm going to watch the highlights later and I'm going to be happy about it. Um, just because we signed Casemiro and we're looking, we're looking better in this game when we beat Liverpool, the Glazers have got to go. They've got to go. They've owned our football club for too long. They have almost ruined it completely. Um, we're still in a bad situation. Um, so I just want to just wanna make sure that, that message stays there. I, I, I don't want... I don't want Man United fans to think, oh, we beat Liverpool, we've got Casemiro, we're back, Glazers can stay. No, no, we we can't, we cannot allow that to happen. We've got to keep pushing, putting the pressure on them, keep getting them to buy us players, because regardless of who they could, who they buy, if if we sign tomorrow Neymar, Messi, I don't really want either of those two, but and then we signed, I don't know, name any player, I don't care who we sign, the Glazers have got to go. So just 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 making sure we're all keeping that in our minds. Uh, again, brilliant to beat Liverpool. Very, very happy. But Glazers out still. Anyway, let's get on to the, the, the good stuff here. 16 minutes in, Jaden Sancho scores. Uh, I can't remember every single pass, so excuse me. I think this starts off with Bruno. He crossed it into somebody. Um, there's three bits of really good work. No, four bits of really good work that go into this goal. So I'm going to break this down. So the cross comes in. Eriksen, I believe, gets the ball. He realises he can't pass it forward, which if you can't pass it forward, don't force it because then you'll lose the ball. He does a smart thing, holds up the ball for a little bit of time, just a small bit of time, passes it back slightly, um, I think to Malasia. I think it was Bruno to Eriksen to Malasia. Malasia does really, really well to keep hold of the ball. I think he's got Salah on his back. He passes it back again um, and then Martinez notices straight away... Um, bit of movement, a run from Alanga down the left hand side, he passes it down to Alanga 
Alanga with a really good bit of movement, control, composure. Because uh, having composure in a game like this, <laughs> you really need it. You really, really need it. Uh, plays the ball in, gets scrambled around a little bit. Sancho, really, really good comp composure on the ball. Again, doesn't shoot straight away. Waits, he waits for that moment. Takes the ball. Again, Sancho is... I, I spoke about this a lot last season when he was in really good form. Is a player who's really good at com composure, close control, and decision-making. Um, and then drags the ball back a little bit and just pokes it in the bottom left-hand corner. Again, that goal is scored by a bit of pass and move. Um, supportive runs. Well, supportive runs that have been finished, that, that have already happened, because... You've got because the situation you don't end up in is because when Bruno's got the ball, he's not isolated. He's got Ericsson there. He passes to Ericsson. Ericsson's not isolated. He's got Malasia. Malasia is not uh, isolated. He's got Ma uh, Martinez. Granted, a bit behind him, but he's still there. He's still an option to pass to. And again, you want to keep the ball ticking. You want to keep the ball moving. Malasia, uh, sorry, not Malasia. Martinez with a really good bit of vision sees Alanga down the left hand side, passes it down there, and then he sees also the run from Sancho into the box Sancho doesn't like panic and blast the ball somewhere could have been anywhere really um and yeah so it was a very 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 good goal very very good goal to be to be taken uh, there was a moment before this actually Alanga should have scored um I think Rashford had the ball played down the right hand side I think Bruno played the pass or it might have been Ericsson one of those two um and he passed in Alanga really should have again we won the game so it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things now but um he played it into Alanga. Alanga should have scored to make it 1-0. But we make up for it in the 16th minute by Sancho scoring. Isn't it nice to talk about a good goal that we scored? Isn't it nice? Because it, it feels nice to describe and to give compliments to players for once. That feels good. That feels good to do. So, yeah. Um, that was pretty much it till half-time. Again, lots of pressure on Liverpool. We scored... I think we could have scored 5 or 6, honestly. There was a lot of moments where we hit Liverpool kind of on the break... And they gave us a lot of space today. They really gave us a lot of space. We we probably again happy to win two one. I'll take I'll take any scoreline win against Liverpool because it's Liverpool. But we could have won by more goals possibly. Um, that's something if you're going to be like nitpicky, which is a new thing to do. Um, I do kind of hope Ten Hag like because if if you, you want to bring Man United back to like being really good. Ten Hag does need to look at like the whole game because I'm assuming these players watch these games that they play and they point out like mistakes and things that they do well. I I hope that they do that. Um, I hope one of the things that Ten Hag does actually do is so like, hey, look, there was this space you could have like done something different here. You could have scored here. You could have scored there. Um, just so that player, just so that you keep you keep that momentum going. I suppose is is what I'm sort of trying to say. So, uh, but that was half time. Um, so yeah, one nil at half time, um, and then we made a substitution. Marshall on for Alanga. Um, I didn't specifically need any subs at half time. I thought, you know, just kind of keep things ticking, keep things where they are. But I don't mind subs. I don't mind early subs. Um, I thought Alanga did well in this game. Um, bringing Marshall on clearly made a big difference, though. And again, you have a bit of a tactical difference, which is instead of because um, what what changed there was instead of having. Because um, you had Sancho right, Alanga left, Rashford middle, I think. I think that's how it went. Um, you then switch out, so it's Sancho right, Rashford left, which is his best position. And then Martial through the middle. Again, I, I disagree about having Martial down the middle. It, it does have a certain benefit to playing Martial down the middle, because he is good at holding up the ball. That's one of... Uh, like, ball control and holding the ball up is something Martial's very good at. 
So you can kind of use him a bit as a false nine and a bit of a sort of like fluid front three. Again, it's not something that I particularly like. Um, I like to have a sort of goal scoring poacher in the box, which is where you have your likes of Cavani or, or Ronaldo. Obviously, Cavani's not here anymore, but never mind. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't mind the sub. Um, it, again, it made it made tactical changes that had benefits to it um, because later on, um, Marshall getting assist for the goal. Yeah, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, it did make good tactical changes, so it, it was good that that happened. Um, again, I'm ju- I'm just what I'm simply just doing is like m- how I'm looking at this game, how things worked for the better, because tactically it did actually work pretty well. Because then you had, um, yeah, basically you changed the tactics there, which worked with the second goal. We went two nil up uh, on the 53rd minute. Uh, again, good bit, good bit of play. Um, where Man United have traditionally been at their best is on the break pacey players you know with with players like marshall and players like rashford very quick players uh, a quick sort of front free center has not got as much pace as those two but he can still really help in those situations um somebody i can't remember who specifically it was one of the midfielders passed the ball to marshall um he found again uh rashford breaking those defensive lines passed the ball through and then this is where Rashford really kind of thrives I think um and where his his most of his goals tend to come from which is him sort of just head down charge towards the goal um using his pace and his good finishing ability um sometimes Rashford's messed up with his finishing at certain points and there was maybe another goal or two he could have scored today from that um but this was a well taken goal again you you catch Liverpool out because, yeah, Liverpool were playing a high line on this point, but Van Dijk and uh, I believe his name is Matip um, couldn't catch Rashford. Uh, and I think with with Trent as well, Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back, he's got those vulnerabilities. I mean, if you look at their Champions League final when they, they conceded that goal, it's Trent getting caught on the back post. Trent does tend to kind of have that problem. And when you know that, you put somebody like Rashford there that can use pace in this situation and... Um, he goes on to score the goal. There's not a ton to analyse here. There's not loads of passes like before. But it's a good goal to catch out on the break. Using the pace of Rashford. Um, which is very, very good. So very, very happy about that. Um, then confu- the bit that confused me. Uh, again, I don't really analyse the opposition too much. All the subs. Why are you not starting Fabinho in this game? Why are you picking Harvey Elliott over Fabinho? Because you've got Fabinho, Henderson... And, um, well, I guess Milner. Who's their other one? Isn't it Thiago? Was he injured or something? Again, I don't really follow, like, Liverpool news or whatever. Um, oh, they got a ton of injuries. <laughs> uh, I'm not laughing at people being injured. I'm just laughing at Liverpool having a lack of players. Um, yeah, Thiago had a hamstring injury. He usually plays, I think. Um, didn't they have before a midfield of Henderson, Fabinho, and... I can't remember who the other one was, um, but I'm sure they used to have somebody else. Maybe maybe whoever it was got sold. Because it used to be them three, then Mane, Salah, Fabinho, Firmino rather. Um, but then Mane got sold. Again, I don't really know why. So, But it's Liverpool, so I don't care. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, why, why you wouldn't start Fabinho in a Manchester derby, I, uh, Manchester derby, derby against Man United, I don't really know, but I don't care. And it failed them and they lost the game which is good so uh, back to Man United Fred on for Sancho um, 
disagree about taking Sancho off. I thought he was having a really good game. Uh, again, tactically, I can see why you sort of do this. Again, Fred, we don't quite want the McFred players here. Um, but just for the... I, I think this was just to sort of shut up, chop a little bit, go to a four in midfield, maybe a diamond I think we switched to. Because what we probably did after that was Sancho... Not Sancho, Rashford and Martial up front as the top two. Then probably some sort of combination of, obviously, Eriks and Bruno, McTominay and Fred. Uh, not the most ideal mid midfield, but I, I can see the idea here, which is like, you know, to stay, to stay in the game a little bit. Um, bring Fred on again. You, you'd love Casemiro to be there instead, or maybe Ghana, or somebody like that, or maybe Iqbal, maybe. Um, but Fred's bought on um, for Sancho again. I can see, I can see the tactical idea here, uh, which is going to be interesting for me in Ten Hag because I think, like tactically, Ten Hag's maybe got different preferences to what I have um, as to like how I want the Man United team to be set up. Again, which is interesting because he's playing the type of football I want Man United to play, which is quick attacking football. You know, the click, click, sort of pass and move quick football. But his tactics and his formation choices might be different to my preference, which is absolutely fine. As long as we, as long as we win the games, um, that's all that matters. But it's just interesting to analyse, like... Uh, and again, this is the fun part of having a new manager to, you know, make these comparisons. And I'm not moaning about him, him making different tactical changes. If those tactical changes work, then I'm happy. I just have different preferences, I suppose, to Ten Hag, um, which is absolutely fine. That's that's fine with me. Again, we won the game, so that's what matters at the end of the day. And we played better football, which I was happy about, so all good. Uh, but yeah, Sancho, uh, 71 minutes, so two nice early sort of subs, which is good. Uh, but I can see what you're doing here. Kind of, You're kind of bringing on some, some extra legs in midfield. Again, not the most ideal legs on the most ideal person, but um, I can see the idea here, so that's fine. Um, then, uh, they scored from kind of, kind of a scrappy corner goal. Um, I never really know how to analyse goals from corners because sc corner goals to me, like, like when Delo scored against Brighton, like, okay, ball got crossed in, bit of a scramble in the box and someone, it's usually just the case that someone just heads the ball or taps it or chests it in or someone just gets a touch on the ball and it goes in. There's no real sort of like tactical analysis to do with cornered goals unless it's something like you know they cross the ball out to the edge of the box and someone smashes it from the edge of the box or something um but it's just a scrambled goal from a corner we again i this is where a bit of the problem came in from this game which is we we did switch off a little bit i think i think we started mucking about slightly um which is not what you want to do hopefully ten Hag gets onto the team about that because again great to great to beat liverpool great to play well but that doesn't mean that you should just you know when you're playing against Liverpool, you do not you do not switch off until that final whistle blows. Um, so I'm not mad about it. It's just um, keep your concentration. You know, keep your concentration. Keep your keep your focus. Don't start mucking about. Um, and I I feel like we did with with that goal. So um, yeah, it's just it's just a tapping goal from from Salah for um, the corner. So there we go. Uh, then the last part of the uh, summary, um, some late substitutions made. I think this was a combination of time-wasting and a combination of fresh legs for those last couple of minutes. Again, there's added time, that sort of stuff. Um, Donny van der Beek on for Eriksen, again, fresh legs. Ronaldo on for Rashford and Wan-Bissaka on for Delo. I think all of these subs go down to fresh legs. Uh, Wan-Bissaka's got pace. You know, Delo is possibly getting, I don't know, whatever. Um, Rashford's been running a lot in this game, 
Um, you simply change him for another forward, which is Ronaldo. Kind of makes sense. Would have been interesting to see Garnacho come on for Rashford. Kind of a similar type player, because players like Ronaldo and Rashford are very different type of forwards. Uh, I mean, they don't even play in the same position. But, again, it's probably just a fresh legs thing. I would have just been interested to see uh, Garnacho get a, get a run out in this, because I think he deserves it. And then, yeah, Donny on for Eriksen makes sense as well. Um, so that is that. Um, Alright, that's it for now. Um, yeah, take a break there. I, I'm not used to doing kind of player rings at the moment because we're back and I didn't do them last week. I can't remember if I did them against Brighton. I honestly can't remember, but I didn't do them against Brentford. I just completely skipped over them. But take a quick break. Um, back in a minute, we'll do some, some stuff and then we will um, do the player ratings. See you for that in a minute. Alrighty, so we are, of course, sponsored by Manscaped at the moment. They are a men's uh, service that sells men's grooming products, basically. So you can go buy those from them. Uh, they sell different razors, shavers, ear and nose hair trimmers, uh, different deodorants, clothes, that sort of stuff. The stuff that you'd expect Manscaped to kind of sell. Uh, if you would like to have a look on Manscaped's website, have a browse for yourself, because there is other stuff on there that I haven't mentioned. I'm not going to mention every single product, but they sent me some stuff. So that I could test it out and um, tell you about it. So all the stuff that they sent me was all in really good condition and everything. Uh, all very first hand, professionally made. Uh, the packaging itself, all nicely sort of put together. Products all feel very professionally made. And uh, feel uh, premium, if you want to call them that. But uh, before you even start googling Manscaped, which you don't need to do. You can simply click on the link in the show notes to go over to Manscaped's website. Have a look for yourself. Uh, choose what you want, whether it's for yourself or somebody else. Whatever the occasion may be. Or both, depending on what you want to do. Uh, select what you want. They've got different sets of things as well. So you can buy different like packages of different items and stuff like that as well. So you can have a look at those options. Once you've selected what you want from Manscaped, you can go to the checkout part, which is what you do to buy stuff, of course. And then once you get to that promo code box, if you type in UK, that's E-T-A-L-K-U-K, and click apply, you'll get a nice 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. So uh, E-T-A-L-K-U-K, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. 20% off with Manscaped, and if you don't want to scroll back to this part of the pod- podcast to hear the promo code, it's written in your show notes. You can just copy and paste that. Uh, basically, you can click on the Manscaped link, get what you want, come back to this podcast, um, copy and paste the promo code. You don't even need to type it in. Paste it in the promo code box, click apply, and then you're good to go from there, basically. So that's uh, good stuff with Manscaped. So thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Tools podcast, and of course, thank you very much for listening uh now let's do some quick uh, housekeeping and then we'll get onto those player ratings see you in a minute hi there if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name we've got good news for you with our affiliate link with kualu you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link you can go over to kualu to get started with your website and domain name today they've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's Kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talks previous ad-free podcasts and 
the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month, and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts, and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, I did another Gaming Talk podcast yesterday, we returned after missing last week, we talked about um, Assassin's Creed, a lot of Assassin's Creed conversation, where's the franchise going, what could be next for it, and the fact that they're adding Iron Man and Thanos type armor to the game, which makes no sense, but we talked about all of that. Uh, then we talked about the Spider-Man Pride Flag controversy. Essentially, somebody got the game on PC, and they decided to use a PC mod to take all the Pride Flags out of the game. Why? I don't know. I don't know why you'd do something like that, why you'd feel the need to do something like that. Uh, but we talked about all of that, and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Game impressions, all that type of stuff. Uh, speaking of the old video games, I did a review for one of them. It's called Moss 2. It's a PlayStation VR game. And I gave it a must-play rating. I very, very much enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the new ideas put into the sequel, the new mechanics and tools and things like that, which is what you want a sequel to do, which is improve upon the first game, which Moss 2 definitely does. So very much enjoyed Moss 2. That's a spoiler-free review, so you can check out that one. Um, I did a podcast for the anniversary, uh, or the one-year-later-marked time, of me coming out uh, basically the podcast is called um coming out one year later a personal thank you to love victor for those of you who don't know love victor is a tv show on disney plus and hulu and essentially it really helped me well i wouldn't be out without that show basically and talked about all of my journey with that past present and a bit of the future about all of that and talked about love victor itself uh season the show is now completely finished with three seasons Really, really loved it. Uh, show means a lot to me. All that type of stuff. So discussed all of that in one big bunch for a podcast. So that was really nice to do as well. Uh, speaking of things finishing, Better Call Souls now finished. We're up to season six, episode thirteen. There's no more episodes for the show. That is the series finale, the intended ending for the show. Uh, so that's the last episode for Better Call Soul. Uh, not the last podcast, however. Me and David will be back on Thursday this week to do a series, what we call a series wrap up, which is basically where when a show finishes, we do one last episode to kind of wrap up our thoughts for the show. So uh, we've got one more for that. Uh, things that. I've finished for the moment, but we don't know if they'll be back. Westworld Season 4, Episode 8. That's the season finale, not the series finale. We don't know if we're going to get any more episodes, though. Uh, so we'll see about that. But me and David covered the season finale, which is Season 4, Episode 8. I then went to see a film. It's called Jurassic World Dominion. I didn't like it at all. And I simply gave it a spoiler-free skip rating because it wasn't good. Uh, then we got the Brentford podcast. And House of the Dragon, Tales of the Walking Dead podcast updates. So we got stuff on that. And that is what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Alright. Man of the match for this game. I'm going to give... So my first my first man of the match for the season? I honestly can't remember what I even said on the Brighton podcast. Because <laughs> that was two weeks ago. Uh, my first really good man of the match for the season. For, for a winning game. 
congratulations to Martinez for being an absolute beast in this game. Uh, partnering very, very, very well with, um, with, I almost said Maguire, with Varane at the back. I'm going to give both of them a 10, both Varane and Martinez a 10. Really, really good partnership. Hopefully, it'll build to something. You cannot put Maguire or Lindelof back into the starting 11. It has to be Varane and Martinez. Again, not for the entire season. I'm not expecting that, but for, you know, your first choice centre-backs. Uh, again, they both did what you'd expect your centre-backs to do for a big club like Man United. Uh, cleared the ball, stopped the crosses, got the tackles in, and there's a real sort of like beastly sort of toughness, strength about Martinez. He really gets stuck in, but not stuck in in a sort of clumsy way where he's fouling people. In a sort of like getting stuck in, getting a bit physical, but winning the ball back, which is the important part. So. Uh, will he do it again next game? I don't know, but I thought he was phenomenal in this game. I, I really thought it was incredible. And the amount of headers he won in this game, because there's been some commentary about, like, oh, he's five foot nine, he's too small for the Premier League. He doesn't seem to have much problem clearing. I mean, he's not going to win every single header, but he doesn't have problems clearing the the, the, the ball with his, with his head. It doesn't, seem, it doesn't seem to have a problem with that, per se. So... Yeah, um, and I suppose, I mean, he was jumping quite a bit. If he needs to jump to head the ball away and he heads the ball away, then cool, do that. Um, but I, I thought he was fantastic in this game. I really, really did. Varane as well, I thought was really, really good as well. Really good centre-back partnership. I just thought out the two Martinez stood out to me. But both of them get a 10. Really, really good stuff. Uh, David De Gea. Um, what, do you, what do you give a goalkeeper when they've had a bit of a... I mean, he came off his line a few times. He had a pretty good game. Um, I'd probably give him like an 8, I think. Um, did some good shot stopping. Um, did let a goal in, unfortunately. So you have to knock a bit of a score off for that. I'd probably give him like an 8 or a 9. I thought he was really good. He came off his line a few times, which was unexpected. He's cut his hair. Maybe that's helped him out. I don't know. Uh, you can feel a bit fresh when you've cut your hair, don't you? But, um, uh, I don't know. don't know how much effect that's had. But, um, he was better today, at least. He did some shot stopping. He wasn't like massively overloaded and troubled like he usually was. So again, goalkeepers got very different games, but that was fine. Um, Delow, I'll give Delow a seven. I thought defensively, again, he's got some question marks on him. Going forward, he was quite good. Uh, linking up with, uh, well, e either Rashford or Sancho, depending on the occasion. Because uh, he had a bit of a fluid front three. But linking up with whoever was on the right, he did a pretty good job with that. We actually went down the right-hand side. A bit more in this game, which was good to see. So that was good. Um, but yeah, the, the low had a, he had a good game. He had a good game. Um, defensively, again, got some question marks. Um, handled Diaz relatively okay. Uh, Diaz did get past him a couple of times. So again, not perfect, but I'd say just above average performance. I'd give him a 7. Uh, Malasia, so I'm just going to switch from one side to the other. Um, Malasia, I'd probably give a 9. Um, dealing with Salah as well as he did. Um was really really great that the decision making he made for the first goal I thought was really really good um actually why am I not giving him a 10 I just thought about that uh I can't think of loads of mistakes that Malasia made um yeah probably, why not I give him a 10 it's a good day so uh I'll probably give him a 10 so I give those three players those four players 10s and like probably give the, the lower seven I just thought it wasn't as good as the other two uh McTominay um definitely not his worst game Certainly not. And again, you know, I've said before, if a player that I don't like, like Matomane, has a good game or a better game, I will tell you that. 
if a player that I like has a worse game, like Ericsson a few games ago didn't play great, I will tell you that. Um, I've got players that I like, players that I have preferences for, but if they don't have good games, I will tell you that. Um, I'd give McTominay a 4, I think. There was mistakes that he made. I felt that he was a bit of a contributor towards the... Us falling asleep a bit towards the end of the game. There's a few times he started he started to turn a bit into the McTominay that we know, like losing the ball and stuff like that. But there were some good parts he did today. Again, should he be starting? I mean, there's no way he should be starting ahead of Casemiro. No, no way at all. No, no, no chance. I don't think any manager would do that. Um, hopefully, Ten Hag doesn't do that on Saturday. Um, but no, McTominay, you've got to go on the bench, and Casemiro, you've got to start. That's how that's got to be. Because that's literally the position that Casemiro is signed for. Which is a CDM role. So, Which finally we've got one of those players. Um, and you're talking about a player called Casemiro. Who's been in a very, very, very successful Real Madrid midfield three. That's won the Champions League. The La Liga. I mean it's said on the stats thing that he's won like five Champions League titles. That's more than what Man United themselves have won. And he's won like 15 major trophies. So... You you don't start McTominay ahead of that guy. You don't start Fred ahead of that guy. You don't you don't start really anybody else in that position ahead of that guy. He's got to be the number one. So, um, but yeah, McTominay not as bad as he has been. A bit better, um, I thought. Um, he, he had he had some he had some bright spots in the game. So I'll give him a four. I'll give him a four. But he did fall off a little bit. I was going to give him a, maybe a six, but. Just fell off a little bit too much for me. So that's him. Uh, Sancho, I thought Sancho had a really, really good game. I would probably give him a 10 as well. I'm trying to really think. Again, it's difficult when you've watched a 90-minute game of football and you're trying to remember things. Um, And I don't really want to be like making notes where I'm trying to watch like a fast game of football. Do you know what I mean? Because you could miss anything really. Uh, I don't remember many things Sancho did wrong in this game. I'm trying to think, and I can't think of one, so uh, I'll probably give him a 10 as well. Really good goal, really composed, well-taken goal, so I'll give Sancho a 10. Bruno, um, he's got to calm himself down. He's got to start stop doing stupid stuff. He's got to stop diving. I don't know why he's been diving in this game. Um, I thought he had good parts to this game. I thought he was like not as good as the others, but not as bad as... like. Not on McTominay sort of level. I'd probably give Bruno a five, uh, just slightly below average. I thought he had a good game at points, but there was a bit too much mucking about from Bruno, and I did I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Again, it's not always about like how many good passes and stuff. It's about what you do in the game, and he was doing some frustrating Bruno esque type of things. That I wasn't really understanding. Um, like diving and mucking about and pretending you're poked in the eye, like you you got to cut that out of a game, Bruno. Because um, to me, the midfield three now should be Casemiro, Donny, and Eriksson. With Br- Br- Bruno's a great bench option. Don't get me wrong. You br- you bring Bruno on with his energy with like twenty minutes to go. It's a good option. It's a good option for the bench. I mean, someone's got to go on the bench. Someone has to. And you want your bench option players to be good. And Bruno's still a good player. I just think Ericsson and Donny have got more composure about their game. So you put Donny and Ericsson with somebody like Casemiro. And again, you've got something good going on. So there we go. Uh, See, I'd probably probably give him a five. Not as bad as McTominay, but 
again, that was more just sort of like his attitude in the game, and he, he was he had the captain's armband in this game, so yeah, just, just just stop being so silly and stop kicking the ball so hard as well. Goodness me, you're not playing rugby. You don't need to kick the ball so high all the time. Stop. Um, anyway, that's Bruno Fernandez. Uh, Alanga, he only played half of the game, didn't he? So. I give him an average six again. Really good bit of movement for the goal. I, I don't think that goal happens because again, if if Alanga doesn't make that run, and Ericsson, not Ericsson, Martinez thinks again. We got new players. I need to get used to all their names, um, which is good to have new players. It's good to talk about new players, by the way, as well. Um, if Alanga doesn't make that run and Martinez makes the pass, we don't score the goal because then the ball probably just rolls out of play for a goal kick, and we don't score the goal. So important bit of play from him. He did contribute towards it, which is good. Um, but he only kind of played half the game, so I can't really give him a higher score. And then Rashford, um, I would probably give him a 9. I don't think he was as, as like, decision-making was as good in this game from Rashford. Confidence looked to be back for Rashford, certainly. Um, he certainly looked confident in this game, which is really good to see. Because uh, a confident Rashford that can run at you, control the ball, and skip past you is a very dangerous Rashford. That's the Rashford that we knew and loved. Um, and he's been in some bad form for a bit, but a goal will do him really good. A goal will do him really, really good. But um, just a bit of an improvement on that decision making, I think, from from Rashford. But yeah, nine for him. Still a really good score, and he scored a good goal as well. How much nicer was that to talk about? Goodness me, that was much better. It was much much, much nicer to talk about. So um, substitutions. Fred, I thought was good. Uh, Marshall, I thought was good. Ronaldo was good, and then one Basaka and. Donny, we didn't. Uh, Donny, Wambasaka, and yeah, Donny, we uh, didn't see a lot of. Ronaldo, we didn't see a lot of. Marshall contributed really well to the second goal. Fred, we didn't see that much of. Uh, just to read out who was on the bench, in case you don't know or can't remember. Uh, Fred, Garnacho, Heaton, Maguire, Marshall, Ronaldo, Shaw, Van der Beek, and Wambasaka. The unavailable players: Casemiro says inactive, which he just wasn't registered in time for this game. Uh, Lindelof with a knock, Palestri with an ankle injury, and Williams with an injury as well. So, yeah. And in Liverpool's injury list, Jota, Jones, Keller, Konate, Matip, Nunes, Chamberlain, Ramsey, and Thiago. Um, yeah, a lot of injuries there. I still don't care. <laughs> so, um, I, I, if, Liverpool fan, if Liverpool fans want to use that as an excuse for why they lost the game, I still don't care. Because you're Liverpool. And I want you to lose. So I still don't care. <laughs> uh, we won. That's what I care about. And uh, I'm very, very happy tonight. So, And I'm going to look forward to going back. Uh, I'll probably do it once I post this podcast. Go back and watch the highlights video. And see see some good stuff. Instead of being like, oh god, watch the highlights video. Look how this stupid goal got conceded and all that sort of stuff. So actually looking at some good stuff for once. So where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Uh, Glazer's out still. Certainly. Um, I've talked about a lot of positive stuff just there. Just giving a whole bunch of players tens. Good stuff. It's it's it's. This is good for Ten Hag. This is good for Ten Hag. Good for the team. We want the team to have confidence. Uh, still want the Glazers out. Still want them gone. Let's make that clear. Again, if we sign the players that we link to, like Anthony and Gak- Gakpo, I think his name is. Um, cool. We want you to sign those players and then sell the club or just get out or do whatever. I don't care who you sign. Well, I care about who you sign, but even if the Glazers announce 10 new signings tomorrow, I'd still want them out because they've still been poisonous towards this football club. So, uh, want them out, but we want May United to do well. So, 
Let's see. Let's see now. Now that we've got a bit of confidence, a bit of momentum, we're just beating Liverpool. It's a pretty big deal. Um, Southampton again. Just because we're going from Liverpool to Southampton does not mean that that's an easier game in any way, shape, or form. We cannot be overconfident. We have to be composed and keep playing good football. Keep doing that pass and move that good stuff. And it'll be curious to see will Maguire start on Saturday because in my eyes. Unless Varane gets injured in training or something like that. He did go down twice in this game, didn't he? Um, yeah, unless something like that happens. if if Basically, if Martinez and Varane are available, fully fit and available, I expect them both to start. And I also expect Casemiro to be starting as well. Um, so we shall see what happens. So there we go. Anyway, in the meantime, if you've got any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever you've got... Um, about what we what I've talked about here today. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Uh, and again, I'm not getting overexcited. I'm not going and saying, you know, we beat Liverpool, so we'll win the league. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not getting overconfident. I'm just happy about the result I just saw, the performance that I saw. Again, there were some things of concern, but um, there was some really good stuff. There was definitely an improvement. And one of those big improvements was a higher line with different centre-backs. And also not playing Muck Fred, just the Muck part of it, not the Fred part. Um, so anyway, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Also an email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on EntertainmentTalk.org, TV, games, films and main night podcasts. I'll be back on Saturday, of course, talk about the Southampton game. And then I think it's Leicester after that. I don't know what day that's on, but we'll take it one by one. Uh, so check out all that entertainment talk podcast platforms entertainment talk so check out all of that uh, in the meantime you can like I said listen to more episodes that we've got and the places I just mentioned you can also tell other people if they're Liverpool fans Arsenal fans I don't care who they support um, tell them we also cover TV games and films as well so I'm sure they watch or play some of that stuff just tell your friends family people that you know whoever um, about our website and what we do and where people can find it tell people about what we do either by just telling them or, of course, using social media as well. Share the podcast, post them around wherever you want to share them, whatever you want to do, all good there. Uh, Patreon as well, $5, $10 level tiers for every podcast from review options. Uh, have a look at those if you want to as well. For your TV and film news, geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio. If you want to find out if or when your favourite shows are coming back, so renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates, casting news, all that type of good stuff. Uh, for your TV and your film news, reliable, up-to-date TV and film news, over on geektown.co.uk and geektown radio geektown radio episodes drop on tuesdays look out for those as well for all that stuff uh, bex who does fun content over on twitch you can find her by searching for trista b-y-t-e-s over on twitch and instagram and twitter to find what she's doing cool stuff classic retro games tomb radar chat streams all that good stuff check out what she's doing uh, of course, you can find me on Twitch as well with eTalkUK, uh, E-T-A-L-K-U-K, eTalkUK on Twitch for my different streams. And if you miss essentially those streams, the FIFA Career Mode episodes, or the game clips, Entertainment Talk plays on YouTube for all of that. If you want to see a bit of me playing Moss 2, you can do that. The Let's Play is up on YouTube. Entertainment Talk plays for all of that. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds. Glazers out. See you Saturday or before that, because I'll be making episodes before that. Cheers for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.